Hey guys, welcome to episode 145 of the JV Club with my guest Paula Marshall. I am overjoyed that she was able to do the podcast. She's so funny. You know who she kind of reminds me of? I was just realizing. Uh, and Paula, if you know her, I hope you understand that this is a huge compliment uh, to both of you that you remind me of each other is is uh, Jillian Vigman. And for those of you who may have not um, listened to Jillian's episode, I strongly recommend it. It's a great companion piece to this one. Uh, we get a little raunchy, uh, a little bit of sex talk, um, but uh, great, great, great. Um, I'm such a huge fan of hers. Like, big time thinks she's amazing and and so talented and funny and great and so uh i was very very glad to have her on uh i want to do a couple of shout outs um and uh, i was going to kind of give you dates that i'm going to be in various places but um i gotta be honest with you guys i just don't have that in front of me you know how i am you know how i get you know, you're like, oh, Janet's getting like she gets. Uh, so we'll just do some shout outs instead. I hope you can uh, bear with me on that. I want to thank uh, Erica and Rick. Uh, I got your t-shirts to you. I'm happy to say. Uh, still have a couple left. I think maybe I have like one women's large left. And uh, and then I have a handful of men's extra larges and, and larges. Um, I want to thank uh, Beatrice f- uh, for getting a, a shirt as well. I want to thank I want to thank Katan for creating uh, an astonishing and wonderful, and I hope you saw it on Twitter. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page as well. But if you recall, I did, uh, we issued a challenge. Uh, Janine and I issued a challenge to someone to create a, a, an I Got Groot uh, image. And uh, boy, did she ever. It is fantastic. Like I would wear that as a shirt. I'll tell you that right now. So thank you so much for that. So, so great. And uh, and I uh, I have also tweeted her Tumblr. So you can, uh, you can check that out if you want. I want to thank Jennifer for letting me know about this really cool uh, Cora art show that's going on um, uh, next month in the uh, Southern California area that I'm definitely going to go check out. I won't be there for any of the major events, but I'm so going to go and probably buy stuff because Cora fan art is the most beautiful art in the world. Uh, I want to thank uh, Superbad Larry, my dear my dear fan Superbad, for recommending uh, Austin Land. I, I've never seen it. I don't know much about it. I'm aware of it, uh, but I do enjoy Jane Austen, so i got to check it out. I want to thank Nicholas for the offer of chocolate popcorn in Seattle. I hope to, get you take, to take you up on that when I'm at the Emerald City Comic Con in a couple weeks. And uh, Haley, thanks for your email. Melody, thanks for your Facebook message. Claire, uh, ditto you with your great uh, MASH suggestions. Um, and I uh, just want to give a special shout out to Eagle Eye. I don't know why. I just had a feeling that maybe uh, it would be fun and good for me to uh, tell her I was thinking about her. So uh, throwing that out there too. Salute to Eagle Eye. Guys, um, have a wonderful, wonderful uh I was about to say experience listening to this. Ugh, how self-serving. You know what? You go out there and have a wonderful day or a wonderful night. Up to you. But you can only have one. Now entering Nerdist.com. I like that you're, I was going to say double fisting it, but that already has a place hey I'm not comfortable with Paula Marshall, welcome to the podcast. That's Hi. the most formal welcome I've ever maybe given anyone. I feel good about that. That's the most fanfare I've given. I'm honored. Still not very much. I've, I feel it. I feel the love coming across it's the table. coming across in creepy waves. Yeah. Uh, this is your first podcast. Very first podcast, Virgin. I, I'm not sure what to expect. Well, it gets uh, dark 
very dark. quickly. Um, I'm sensitive and I might tear up. Where you see really now, if okay. this was a, a real, you know, podcast uh, table, you would have tissues here because your you're guests right. will cry. Uh, you're right. If like you're in right. therapy, I walk in and the women, she's like, "How are you?" I'm like, "Hang on," and she's like, "Paula, <laughs> we really we should start talking before." I must hold it all in. Anyway, that doesn't surprise me in the least because you are you have a very uh, you know because we don't know each other um, at all. But I strangers, total strangers. Kind of I picked creepy. you up off the street. <laughs> you did. Um, no, I'm just I, I'm a real fan of your work, which is kind of I guess a semi gross thing, but also a very sincere thing to say um, because you are extremely funny. Thank you. And uh, you know there are. I don't want to start out with like a Hollywood bitterness because I don't mm-hmm. feel it at all. Mm-hmm. But there are certainly people who work in comedy who are, I don't find funny in terms of having t- any timing or any sense of irony or really an understanding of that. Yeah. I kind of, I don't even know how uh, I became funny. It was, I came to Hollywood mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. a young woman and I think my first, uh, my one of my first guest spots was on a little show called Seinfeld. Uh huh. That's mm-hmm. right. I played an NYU reporter who thought Jerry and George were gay. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, um, rehearsing, and the director was like, "Hey, Paula. Hey, don't forget to hold for the laugh." I'm like, "Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot." And I look at Jason Alexander, and I go. What does that mean? Oh, wow. Hold for the laugh. Because I had never done theater. Yeah. I am all about making money. Uh-huh. That's why I never did theater. <laughs> I'm not interested. And so in front of the audience, I just kind of forgot. Oh, and so the Jason's like, well, yeah, Paula, they're going to laugh. And so you can't start talking. You have to kind of keep acting. It's like riding a wave. And it truly is. Yeah. It is like riding a wave. And yeah. I learned to ride a wave, one wave. Uh, in Hawaii this year. So now I really can say it's like riding a wave. You should get in touch with Jason Alexander immediately because he's probably wondering still to this day haunted by whether or not you really understood the metaphor. Ride the wave. Hold for the laugh. So uh, he he taught me and that was my first um, situation with comedy. Had you you Mm. done other stuff but you would had you been booked in like drama and stuff up to that point or was that one of your very you know, first I, jobs I, I, I guess light drama mm-hmm. I one of my first jobs ever was um uh a little movie called Hellraiser 3 uh yeah they did two before so bragging um <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I learned that um I was cast out of New York and we shot it in North Carolina and it was so what a silly movie but I really learned a lot about continuity and um just movie making, sure. Even though it was semi low budget, sure. It was a great learning experience. Um, but I was was on the light side. I don't really like drama so much. I don't find it fun, and I think um, life is, should be about fun. You should have as much fun as you can yeah. all the time. Yeah. So that's when a good I attitude wanna, for a mom. You I know, think oh, you're yeah. a l- lucky child. Yeah, very lucky. Um, so I like to make people laugh, and I like to laugh, and so I lean towards comedy. I mean, if I if I do a um, a sitcom, then of course your agents will go, well, now we probably think let's try to get a, a drama. Right. And I do a little drama and then you cry all day long. I, I did a silly guest spot on um, some show um, last year and, and I was just crying for hours. And I just said, this is not, I, do, I am not paid enough right, to cry and then have my eyes be puffy all the next day <laughs> and be emotional. <laughs> like crying because I don't fake it. I'm right. crying. They right. don't blow the stuff in my eyes. Right, right. I cry because yeah. I, again, 
and I can cry easily because I'm very in touch yeah, you're with very my emotions. Sensitive. Very close. To well, that's, and that's, I think, you know, there are people who do, there's got, there, I guess, thank goodness, because, you know, there are people like watching drama as well. I actually like watching drama more than I like watching comedy yeah. because well, it feels because less it's connected, better. right, yes. to work yeah. and stuff. But, um, but yeah, the people that, I feel like, I feel like I've spent a lot of time. This, by the way, is not mm-hmm. a showbiz podcast, so we don't have to stick, stay with this. But, um, but I, I feel like I've spent a lot of my career here, and even before I came here, apologizing for being an actor because I didn't want to be thought of as the kind of person who's like, listen, all I want to do for a living is just go do a show about how children are being murdered and <laughs> I'm their mother. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. to to want to touch that all the time is not something no. I could ever do. Um, and I think that it has, there's, there's an attachment to like, it's, it's, I shouldn't have been so defensive about it. Cause it's like, it's great and it's fine. And mm-hmm. you know, Claire Danes puts on amazing performance doing very Homeland good, very and talented. thank God, you know, she's fantastic very serious. to have to live in that space all the Ugh. time. And, and, and I think I associated that when mm-hmm. I was younger, even before mm-hmm. I got into any kind of sketch comedy or anything, when I just was doing like Shakespeare plays in college, right. I had this apologetic feeling that was yeah. like, you got, I'm not like, I don't need I'm it. I'm not like, can mm-hmm. you give us the room? I need the space for my, you know. But also like when I talk to people now who do do that, mm-hmm. I I respect it. I guess maybe because I'm less afraid of not being like that or something. I don't yeah. Know. I'm, I mean, I can do either. I do drama and comedy. I just prefer comedy because I, I enjoy the way it makes me feel. Did you, are, were you uh, like a, did you horse around a lot when you were younger? Or you like, were you the no, funny kid? I, I wasn't. Oh, no, I wasn't. That's were you, what's strange. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Rockville, Maryland, a mm-hmm. little town. I had no one, I am not related to Penny or Gary Marshall. Uh-huh. But a yeah, lot, we should have cleared that right out of the not gate. Not related. Should have cleared it right out of the gate. Been Rob Marshall? Farther. No, no one. Marshall Tucker? Now I'm just bringing yeah. people with their first Actually, names. Actually, I have a, uh, a brother named Bob Marshall. You didn't say Bob. Who is um, like a, a Republican, so I don't really talk about <laughs> him. Um, in the, like, the House of Delegates in Virginia. And we okay. constantly fight about whatever. I am like, he's anti-abortion. I'm pro-abortion. I but want you think everyone, everyone should just try it once. God. Just because we can and right. it's still our right. Until, you know, 2016, oh. if Hillary doesn't win. And let's talk. I mean... I don't care what was in her emails and why, who has 60,000 on your server. Anyway, I know I'm going off, but I'm so angry at um, the, the obsession with emails, Hillary's emails. Okay. Back, back to what we were talking about. Um, um, comedies not related. And by the way, we can also talk about Hillary's emails. I'm we can, fine. but I, I, like, who cares? Why, yeah. why are we interested? Yeah. We're not interested. I am not interested in her. They're making up shit to, to divert attention to the, the fact that, idiots it's and it's I, I yeah can't, i can't i'm so political like i love hate politics i was talking with david decoveny the oh other day my. i dropped that right on the floor in front of you you really did and and he was on bill maher and i texted him i was like oh i saw you on um on uh, on bill maher and you were great he just wrote a kid's book or something and i go i love hate politics he's like i hate politics i hate it and i go i know i have this tortured relationship with politics because um, I, I grew up with a very democratic mother, just the greatest mom ever. And she was, she actually told me Obama was going to be president when she saw him at the democratic national convention oh, wow. years ago. She's like, that's so cool. she's like, Paul, there's a black guy. I'm like, yeah, 
This is old. She's like right. 80. She's like a black guy. And I swear, Paul, sh- he's going to be president. I'm like, wow. Do you really think America will, will do that, mom? She's like, I don't think so. But he's so great. And he's such a great speaker. And he reminds me of John Kennedy. I was like, oh, mom. Anyway, there you go. She, she said it. She figured it yeah. out. So on election day, when he won, we both like called each other and cried. It was lovely. Absolutely. But anyway, love politics. They, it makes me angry. And, and, and yet I, I'm still hopeful that uh, but then you watch House of Cards. You watch Constance. I finally started watching House of Cards Isn't for my friends. So, uh, really, it's, it's so good. So good. But it so really juicy. makes you. It's so. It's so well written. It's so well directed. But the whole the Senate and the Congress and all the favors and the thing and you wonder yeah. why nothing gets done. And to pass a bill, it takes a hundred people or more. I don't know. To, to pass one thing. <laughs> we haven't got to the part in the lesson of House of Cards where you actually yes. know how many votes it takes. It, to, Me to pass it, it's, it's ridiculous. So anyway, my brother's in politics. I am, um, I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican. Again, I'm obsessed your cousin, with... Your cousin's in politics and your brother's in politics and they're both Republicans? No cousin. Oh, I'm sorry. I no. thought you said you had a cousin named Bob. I don't know no, why I thought brother that. Bob, Robert my Marshall. Bad. My but he bad. All, some, one time, one of his, uh, he had called me and he said, Paula, I was interviewed on something and some reporter asked me if uh, Paula Marshall was my sister. And I said, yeah. And asked if I was naked on a TV show called Californication. I'm like, that's right, Bob. I was naked and I was taking it from behind <laughs> on television. And he was like, well, why do you do that? I'm like, because they paid me $2,900 to take it from behind. Literally, that's, it was, uh, it was $2,900 because on, you know, on Showtime, yeah. no, cables, they don't pay very much. And I remember when my agents told me I got the part. I was like, "Woo! I'm taking my wait. I'm taking my clothes off." Because I thought, "Oh, they'll have a stand-in." Right. They right. always do when it's, uh, you know, real actors don't have to take their clothes off. The the other girls take their clothes off on that show, but not real actors. Right. Um, and so uh, I did, and it was fine. But I remember standing there like naked in a house in Venice, going, "It's amazing what I will do for twenty nine hundred dollars." <laughs> I've just uh, like here it is. Here yeah. it is, people. Yeah. And then I got a bump. I got a bump to like you know. Ten grand an episode on the second season. Oh, that's because, nice. You know, nudity. You were great on that show. Well, thanks. Uh, and I've never done anything like I've never done nudity. Have, was that your first time doing it, or have you done it before? Um, 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 no, I have been naked, mm-hmm. my friend. I um, I. Not but you were nasty also naked. I, I'm hmm. going to draw the through line, and it could be too completely it. off. But I found out very recently from you that you had been a model when you were a teen. That's right. Is there a sense of like? <laughs> but, but no. But I'm like asking, you know, because the relationship that you might come to understand about your body as mm-hmm. a model at such a young age is very different than someone like me who was just like schlubbing around in Tucson. Nobody was asking, other than like an <laughs> occasional person, to see my boobs <laughs> or to like take my clothes off in a quick change yes. backstage of a blah blah blah. Do you yes. know what I mean? So I'm just wondering. If if that changes your relationship. It, I, I think it did. I, I got dressed in more places than a person should in a subway stall. I mean, like I would just take my clothes off and change because it's about quick change. It's yeah. about changing your clothes quickly. And I never, I never really minded. I did never had a broad body issues. And uh, so it was only strange when you had another person doing things with you while you're naked. Right. That's the odd thing when you're standing there or you're holding, you know, for a photographer, Somehow it's it's artistic, right? And I mean, you were the focus of attention, and it's yeah, it's about a, a product, or right. it's about a line of clothing, or a, a you know a, a fragrance, or anything, yeah, it, anything but having fake TV sex or movie sex, yeah. Um, so I, I d- did take my clothes off on a, a couple occasions, but it was it always seemed to be okay. My agents were fine with it. 
I was fine with it. it. It's funny, though, like the stuff you talk about when you're having fake sex. I mm-hmm. remember with David, it was the first day, by the way, and it's always the first day of shooting. Why do I, they do that? My name is Paula. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, things are taped up. The boys have to tape their stuff up. Sure, sure. So uh, it doesn't sweat or slap up against you when you're having fake That's sex. That's good to know. This is very good information very, to have. It's, it's important. I've and never talked about this. Yeah. Uh, and then you before. tape very things up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then still looking like you're naked. It's right. the tricks, the tricks, <clears throat> the wardrobe tricks on that Californication set. It's mm-hmm. something. Um, but like, you know, you turn around again, we were having sex from behind. And so they did a take and then they're like, okay, we got to change something. So we're just relaxing yeah. on my elbows, on my knees. And I turn around to David. I'm like, so what's your favorite movie? <laughs> it, it's just like the weirdest things that you talk about because you're all hot and heavy and then you yeah. immediately shift to whatever. Yeah. It's very awkward and it's silly and, and no one's really that comfortable. Kissing's always fun. I don't mind kissing in, yeah. unless you're gross. Uh-huh. And like, have you kissed a lot of gross people? No need to name a names. A few gross people. Mm-hmm. And I've kissed some amazing and my husband will always get mad that i say jason bateman is the best kisser oh, and he is great to hear i mean we did a sitcom years ago called wild oats and i was uh it was jason krumholtz um dw moffett and jason bateman and um did i say david krumholtz right no yeah. you said jason you, that's you right said jason and then you said krumholtz there you I go just, in it's my mind david krumholtz so funny. So, and I was the girl and we were doing the pilot and I remember Jason wouldn't kiss me. The scene called for like a first kiss in the show and he wouldn't kiss me during rehearsal the whole time. And I'm like, well, that's kind of interesting. That's, that's kind of cool. So maybe it'll be even more real. Right. Or odd because then we're going to be even more nervous. Right, right. So tape night comes and he kisses me. Maybe it wasn't the pilot. No, I think it was. Um, he kisses me and my knees get weak in front of the audience. Oh I forget my lines. <gasps> And I look at him, I'm like, I'm up. What? What's my line? <laughs> and I really didn't, he really blew my mind with that kiss. Wow. Uh, so he was very good. His, Amanda's a lucky woman. Uh-huh. Um, my husband, Danny, we, um, we met on a movie and I did, I kept messing up on purpose. I need another take. <gasps> you v- did. Very good kisser too. It was a great story. Good story. His, uh, Carl Reiner was directing and um, I played Bette Midler and Dennis Farina's daughter and Danny Nucci played, um, this paparazzi guy that I kind of fell for. Well, yeah. I really fell for. Uh-huh. Um, he was a very, he was a very good kisser. So he was probably my best movie kiss. Mm-hmm. And Jason, um, Jason was my best TV kiss. So. Well, but I'm wondering too. I mean, so you're married to an actor, so I yeah. guess that you, ha- you, there's a different kind of understanding that can that can happen in that way. But I mean, that's sort of another thing that I feel <laughs> apologetic for about the business and about the people that we are and about the the attraction that we have to the work is that um, I've fully been confused by situations like that. Like I, you know, especially in the beginning, sort of even being like being in plays in school is just different. Although I'm sure there's a opportunity for that as well. But like if you, I mean stuff where I don't want to contribute to the idea that if you're on a set Mm -hmm. in a different city and you playing with a person who's very charismatic and great and lovely and they're your love interest or whatever that there isn't this weird spillover where you're like but are there we is in love? But, but there are is we in love, though? but you can't but again it kind of happens it 
And it's natural because it's who you're hanging out with. Right. If you were a school teacher, you would probably maybe be attracted to, you know, the the gym teacher. Right. Why? Because he's around. Right. And he knows what you do and you're relatable. And so the same thing happens. The drag is you go home after three months. Right. Or four months of a movie set. But... You know, I think a lot of people meet that way, just, you know, the convenience and, and it is a little, but does that create a, a, does that create a culture of mm-hmm. paranoia in a long-term relationship when it's just something that you kind of have to keep working through together? Like yes. everyone, every couple has problems and maybe yes. for two actors, the problem is I just need to hear you say that you're not going to leave me for this person for, the, for whatever else for you might Angelina be Jolie. going on. Um, well, I mean, I guess that's the elephant in the room, right? It's yes, like but here's, kind of here's the thing. Moments. If, if your relationship is strong enough to start with Angelina Jolie, eh, maybe she could tear mm-hmm. it apart and ruin it. But if you have something going on, then you're not going to be looking when you're not happy at home. And then you go away for three months and someone else says you're nice and you're okay. Just the way you are. <laughs> You know, then, then I, I think it, it happens. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the stereotype. Um, I think you have to be really, you got to make boundaries. I, a lot of actors and actresses who are married, they have like the three week rule. Mm-hmm. I get it. Because you want to maintain and that the three connection. week rule for anyone who doesn't know is like I have to see you every three weeks. Yeah, you, someone has to come visit the other one. Right. Again, I do mostly television, and I've always been um, a homebody. I don't like being on location. When we did that movie, I'm like living out of a suitcase for three months. Right. It's weird. It's, yeah. It's you just well, you feel like is, you're sort of hovering above your just, life, which yes, is kind you of you are good when you're younger too. For or some really cool. some people like that feeling, and some people find that feeling uncomfortable. Yes. And you can go from being one to the other or whatever but yeah it's a very it's fun again when you're young and you have no commitments and you have no children boy is it fun yeah and the city and the traveling and you just spend your per diem um and (laughs) you're always like is that but what is that canadian but what is that american (laughs) you're always trying to figure what kind of the 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 rate how it changes Uh, yeah um but yeah now that i'm here all i want is something that shoots in town and but you know because I've I've only wanted to be a TV, not even a TV star. I've always wanted to be Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, that was the goal. And when Gary and Married was canceled, I'm still so angry. <laughs> Where are the tissues, Janet? Where are the tissues? I am still so angry because it was one of the, uh, the, the greatest roles I've ever played. Not only did I play... You know, you play the ex-wife. Usually that's the bitter, the bitch. Mm-hmm. But they made her so lovely and relatable. And you saw why these two people were together in the beginning. Yeah. And you saw glimpses of that. Yeah. And I think it's with marriages, it's you know why they have they, they found love at some point and then life gets in the way and you can't deal with each other anymore. But it was such a sweet, it was a sweet show. Yeah. And again, it's shot in town. Yeah. And I brought my child to work with me well, when I was on out of practice, which was another show that only lasted a year, a sitcom. I, if you haven't Googled me, uh-huh. I've done a lot of different yeah. TV shows that haven't lasted very long. Yeah. Not my fault, by the way. Uh-huh. No, I don't blame you at Thank all. Thank you. Um, but uh, I brought my daughter to, I had my daughter and I got home from the hospital um, after, and, and there was a script on my step, um, on my doorstep. For some reason, we I guess we didn't have I had a computer, but they weren't emailing scripts. So I actually got a, a paper script yeah. in my hand and I read it and they said, yes, but they're, you know, they can't find this girl. Uh, it's, to, it's a sitcom. So the hours would be great. And I'm like, I just had a baby, a baby. Uh-huh. And, and they're like, I know, but you know, just a pilot. So I read it. It was really funny. 
um, Henry Winkler and Stalker Channing, I believe, were cast already. And I drove away wearing like um, uh, my husband's T-shirt. I was playing a lesbian ER doctor. Uh And uh, I remember driving away going, okay, well, my boobs are leaking. And you have like these little pads so that they don't leak. And I'm going to test for a pilot. And I felt literally like I left half of my body. Like I I had a baby Uh and it's like three days later and I'm driving to CBS. I tested, I got it. And then I was like, Oh, well, what do I do with the baby? I have Uh have this thing. So my husband brought the baby to work with me and stayed in my dressing room while I breastfed. Wow. That's amazing. And then took her home on tape night. And then when the show got picked up again, that's when I was, I I really had this great opportunity to like kind of have it all when Mm -hmm. working moms. Mm Mm-hmm. I brought the baby to Paramount. We shot right down the street and I uh, put her in the stroller and the sitcom hours are great. They're yeah. nine to two or nine to three. Yeah. I rolled over to my dressing room and I met my nanny and she rolled the baby and then the baby took a nap and before you know it, and then she went home. It was like the greatest. So yeah. sitcom life is the best thing in the world for um, a mom. Yeah, And absolutely. so I've been desperately trying to get back again. I'm still mad at CBS. But it's also hard because it feels like that stuff is happening less, right? There's more sort of like community uh, television show hours where you're like, oh, yeah. it's a comedy and it shoots 14 hours a day. 14 hours. I did a show years ago, another one year, but uh-huh. it was really funny. It was ahead of its time, uh-huh, I like to uh-huh. say. It was on NBC called Hidden Hills. And we were there. I Monday morning, I was there, I think at 530 in the morning. And Friday night, I'd wrap around one thirty, and then I had to find some good sleeping pills for Sunday night because I couldn't, your clock was so yeah. messed up. Oh, yeah. By the time you get to the end of the week and then you're starting over that it's, early, that's It's bananas. awful. But, yeah. you know, again, it was a comedy. So there was that. Yeah. At least it's, ugh, but uh, yeah, Drama. I really hear you on that. Right? I really hear you on that. Mm. Let me get back to you as a teenager. In yes. Rock. Port. Rockville, like it. don't Janet, go back, don't go back I? to Rockville. Okay, there you go. There it is. Um, what what's your what was your what was your teenage experience like before? Like when did you start modeling and how did that come to be? And like how was your your family obviously of politicos? If yeah, you don't mind me saying, how did that all kind of shape itself? Like my uh, high school, I was captain of the pom pom squad, Robert E. Perry pom pom squad. Uh, there were there was a uh, great theater in my high school, my public high school. Cool. I I was never involved. Mm. Uh, I love photography. I took a photography course. I didn't have any money to go to a real school, nor did I have the grades to go to college. And it was just kind of not for me. Um, I ended up going to a community college in Rockville and um, took a photography course and then met somebody at the mall. Her name was Jan Stevens, J-A-A-N Stevens. I don't get, I don't understand that, but there it is. <laughs> Um, Sometimes you need that extra A. You a. never know. Ah, uh, Jen. You know? Um, and she she found me, discovered me. I started modeling locally, mm-hmm. making some money here and there, started doing commercials. And then uh, this woman by the name of Jay Sumner, who was an agent at her, uh, this panache modeling agency, hooked me up and said, you know, you really should be an actress. And um, so that's kind of how it happened. But in high school, I was literally just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I could have married my, you know, accountant boyfriend. That's all he wanted. He wanted to be an accountant. And mm-hmm. I think he is, which mm-hmm. is weird. Not a lot of people left uh, Rockville. And I just knew I had to. I did move from my parents' house to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. I ran away from home, mm-hmm. kind of, against my parents' uh, wishes with, with a boyfriend. And modeled, did commercials, 
um, and then eventually moved to New York City to study acting. Were your parents, uh, did you feel pressure from your parents about the academic side? Is it just you and your brother? No, no. I have two sisters in between. So I'm the youngest. He was the oldest. Uh, not really none. It was, it's funny. No, they, you're the youngest. You said I am the youngest. So do you think maybe they were just like, listen, you're fine. You're You're pretty. (laughs) You'll survive. You know, I think they didn't expect much from me. My parents, uh, were very simple people, great people. But my dad had a government job. I remember one time and I did, I too had a government job, um, along with my friend Veronica, we both took typing tests. A lot of people in Maryland, they just, let's work for the government. Why? Because you can never get fired. That is what my father said to me, Paula. And I remember working. So I would go to community college in the morning and would flirt with, you know, Norman in the dark room, this uh-huh. cute guy uh-huh. <laughs> uh, who also was taking photography courses with me. And then I'd work at this place called NIH, which is the National Institute of Health. And okay. I worked in the child health development section. It's just where I got landed. You right. know, you took a typing test. You could type so fast. Oh, here's some options. Do you want a job? And I would drive there and I would work as a secretary. And I remember being in my little cubicle office and I would have Bill King. Do you know who Bill King was? I don't he was, think so. He was a... Bill King was a photographer and again I'm still obsessed with photography now Um, I would put these Bill King posters all over the my my room my office and it was it was um, just models doing kind of what he does is sort of like big white running people moving back in the 80s when Cindy Crawford and Mm -hmm. and Christy Turlington so like a Herb Ritz sort of vibe to it okay yes Um, but Herb Ritz I always think is much mostly black and white okay Bill King was a lot of movement and color okay anyway it was the 80s so I would do that and there's this woman Evelyn her name was and she had she was an attractive woman red hair kind of a husky voice probably from one of those freaking cigarettes she was I want you to know that I'm a Imagining Jessica Rabbit. Right. A little bit, but with shorter <clears throat> hair. Mm-hmm. She leans in the doorway. She's backlit now. Okay. Mm-hmm. She leans in and she goes, Paula takes a, a, a puff of her cigarette. She goes, what are you doing here? I said, um, what do you mean? She goes, you don't belong here. Interesting. And I said, well, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, spending some time and huh. making some money. She's like, you got to get out. Interesting. I never got out. Oh yeah. Oh, she never, she did. never got out. Wow. And I think it was maybe two weeks later, I left. And, and so is that, is that what that one, I mean, it is so interesting when we have those people who kind of come into our lives yeah. and just like drop a bomb like that. That was it. And sort of oh, crack open the thing that's inside yes. you anyway. Yes. So she told me to leave. Evelyn, I don't know her last name. And I wonder who wouldn't have left. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting who the people what person who, goes, I hear that and I think she's right, but that's too scary. Because in, I'm scared. Do you mm-hmm. know how ballsy we are to move to California and not know anyone? I didn't know anyone yeah. and try to be an actor. It's weird. And, and again, mm. like that ego, I'm sorry, I, you apologize. It's, it's, I don't want people to think, oh, I need attention. I need people to look at me. I was in it, one for the money. Because right. I was like, why wow, you made a lot of money doing this? Right. I didn't have the brains to do anything. I had a reading disorder. I only discovered when I was thirty, uh-huh. which always made reading books really hard for me. What in is, what in what what, what it's is called? It? Um, it, I, I believe it's called Erlen I R L E N syndrome. That's a pretty name, for right? Erlen syndrome. What it is is like when you open a book and the font is black. Okay, the paper is white. Mm-hmm. Now, when I read, it's it's almost like the font, the little words are moving. It's very hard for me to I focus. I totally understand that. It's just like, I'll read a, a paragraph and yeah. then you're like, 
I'm not sure what I read. Let me yeah. read it again. I couldn't focus on a book. Can you imagine going to college I and not really being able to focus? I understand that, though, because it is one of those abstractions where it's it the contrast. It's, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't seem like it would take much for those symbols, right? These words yes. that we understand to be, for them to just become wiggly black symbols on, on a white background. It's I weird. I actually can fully understand and that. And I don't know what, it's It's not ADHD, it's not ADD, yeah. it's nothing. It's this thing, the way, the contrast from mm-hmm. the font and the paper. Mm-hmm. So, and I discovered this because my husband, we were, um, sh- he was shooting a movie the week and Utah or something and he had brought this is before iPads and you couldn't bring your Kindle or whatever right he had like five or six books on his nightstand and and I was like gee you know you read a lot of books we were just started to date he's like yeah you don't read a lot of books (laughs) and I go you know I think it's because I relate it to work it's like reading scripts I don't I don't when I'm not working or I want to relax I want to do something else Mm -hmm. and so I also mentioned and you know I can't really focus like three pages in my eyes are sore I don't need glasses it was not that and he said god that sounds like my friend Bruce had the same problem turned me on to this place I got my eyes checked uh long story short I read a book Uh with a blue gel uh to uh to kind of connect the font to the okay. paper and it makes it easier for my eyes to so read. So is it, okay, so the, what it just the, calms it yeah. down. It's like, you know, like, it's just a, like a, a lighting, like the mm-hmm. grips put those little filters on the a lights. A blue filter. It's a blue filter. My mm-hmm. color is blue. The other people have other colors. And Were I, you pleased that your color was blue? Because I find it a very soothing it's color. It's a soothing color. I look I wouldn't want to look through yellow, for example. Yellow is, is nasty, jaundice-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the blue, <laughs> but so we, we go to, just for fun, before I was elite, like, you know, officially tested at the early institute i we went to staples and we got a clear blue folder and we said well let's just see if it'll work while yeah. we we're in utah nothing else to do we couldn't find a drink anywhere uh-huh. you, really, they, you really couldn't find a drink in utah. yeah they're pretty dry over crazy there. so i literally opened this folder cut a piece and read the book that my husband was reading which was michael crichton's oh. timeline let me just say i'm a fan of michael crichton are you i just think he's like in terms of like how did one man come up with all of those different like he's, he's a genius a genius, he's a genius. He, he, he was he sat in his office and would research and i'll tell you all this is going somewhere but so i read timeline i read 75 pages without stopping that was the first time in my life I'd ever done that because of the blue gel binge read. Yeah. Because of the blue gel. Of course. And that was it. Years later, my girlfriend marries Michael Crichton. Are you serious? And before that I gave her the book timeline and was like, you "You got to read timeline. She moves out here. She marries Michael Crichton. They have a baby. Oh my God. Listen, I couldn't have imagined that that was going to be, isn't that weird? I know. Rest in peace. Poor guy. But like, was he a genius? Now I know that he was, he He was, he was, he was was a very hardworking, freakishly tall. Mm hmm. Freakishly, like I, I hugged him and my nose hit his belly button uh-huh. <laughs> and um, but super smart, smoked, handsome, handsome, very handsome. handsome, smoked. Don't smoke people. Yeah, don't. Smoke it's not good people. for you. Like throat cancer. And there you go. <sighs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So share. That she is has little, so isn't that crazy, crazy and weird like connection. It is. It is weird and crazy. And it's funny because I feel like I just had the experience that other people have with me sometimes mm-hmm. when I. Like they don't know that what's coming is that I know the person that I'm talking about yeah. because of how crazy this crazy world is down here. Yeah. I just had that with you because Michael Crichton is not connected to us in the way that, you know, David Duchovny is. Yes. You know, it was very, that was a real sort of like, oh, what and a he, fun twist. Right. But yet the, the, the Kevin Bacon, the yeah. six degrees, yeah. I think it's two degrees between I Michael Crichton, me, yeah. Sherry, Michael. Yeah. It's and weird. now I'm three degrees. 
There you go. Good. Three that degrees between Michael Crichton. I know. I'm a fan. Okay, so you hmm. are the baby of a family. You're palming it up, palm palming. Palm palming. Uh, I didn't have. I was didn't have a proclivity for that side of things when I was in. Uh, I was more interested in being, as these guys know, like mm-hmm. a goth, yes. slash punk. Oh. Um, and so did I think I went through that <clears throat> phase, that classic teenage phase where I was. Um, scornful of mm. like school spirity kind mm. of stuff. Aww. Did you ever have a kind of like rebellious? No, like, of course not. <laughs> I nor will my daughter. Um, <laughs> I'm so completely average and happy and non addictive, and and I'm just a happy person. And it, I like to dance. I mean, who doesn't like to dance? Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't a cheerleader because it took m- too much. Um, uh, you know, talent to be a cheerleader to do like backhand flips, but damn it, I could dance. Right. Um, and I also am controlling. So, which is why I became <laughs> the captain of the pom pom uh-huh, squad. Uh-huh. Um, and it was really kind of a great experience. And my girls, you know, from that are, that are my friends on Facebook will say, God, you know, it was like some of the best time of your life, yeah. which is kind of sad, but I kind of knew it. Like yeah. when I was 18 years old, I remember looking in the mirror going like, you got to appreciate this. Like I was very thoughtful. Maybe I'm an old soul. I don't know. But I always knew the shit's ending. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know what? You got one life until you're reincarnated into right. the, the ghost. That, and then you float around because I really believe in that too. I want to talk about that next. That yeah, the ghost. The, the ghost in my house. Next. Yes. But uh, no, I wasn't. I, was, I wasn't angry. I, I one time yelled at my parents once. Yeah. That was it. And uh, did, you, did you do, uh, I mean, if you knew that. It could go either way if you have a sense of mortality or if you have a sense of this is ending, mm-hmm. which is that you could sort of become hedonistic and like do yes. a little bit of drinking and like a little right. bit of love. Well, of course, and, you, I, you know, it was a, 1982 when I graduated uh-huh. high school. There's yeah. a little drinking and a little pot smoking, but that was it. Yeah. Like the fact that I was a model in New York City in the 80s and I've never done cocaine. That is what a shock. I mean, I'm a goody two shoes. Uh-huh. I and the reason I never did was uh, there's this kid named Lenny Bias who died. Uh, he was a basketball player in Georgetown, and I remember hearing Lenny Bias uh, died when he snorted cocaine, probably you know a bucket full of cocaine. Right. And I was like, well, that's good enough for me. I don't need to do it. Yeah. Same with cigarettes causes cancer. I'm not going to do that either. And of yeah. course, that was they were stupid. They, they they do nothing. At least pot you get high from. Right. There's some kind of but the just to be skinny, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess some people get like a buzz off nicotine. I always, I mm. never did it enough that I didn't feel very nauseous. Yeah, like even as a teenager who was like, "You guys, I smoke. It's cool." Right. That really just meant that I would have half a cigarette and be like, "Well, I don't think I'm that. I guess so, I'm not cool." It's like I, I really, I'm so angry um, now at smokers. One time I was driving up Beachwood, knew that little um apart uh, hotel, kind of mm-hmm. crappy hotel, mm-hmm. and I'm such an anti smoker that it's inappropriate and I yell at people sometimes really I was driving so I'm driving and there was a woman who was carrying uh, maybe she was six months old baby in her hands and a cigarette in the other and I started I started feeling it was like a hot flash I was 30 years old it was not a hot flash right just coming up I rolled down my window and I said excuse me you don't deserve to be holding a baby when you're blowing smoke in her face she's like fuck you are you allowed to say fuck you yeah you can she was so angry and I'm like yeah Fuck you. Fuck like, you, lady. You I'm told me yelling. a story about being uh, fucked from behind, and now you're like, but oh, can I curse? No, anyway. I, I mean, oh, yeah. that's true. I did. 
I thought I said take it from behind, you Janet. Were. You're absolutely right. You did not use a curse word to describe yeah. it. I apologize to my but, younger listeners. Thank you. Uh, no, but yeah, no, I, but I, and she so got angry. really. Of course, she got angry. Of course, she got. But you know, she's like one of the tacky mom smoking in front of her baby. I know. I saw uh, some. Uh, I see people <gasps> sometimes still smoking inside their cars with the windows rolled up with a child in there. I can't do it. I'm, I can't even wrap my head around that. I can't. And and I really have to. Uh, you know, she could add a gun and she could have killed me in front of the baby. Which is not that's a, good a whole idea. that's a whole other conversation too because I have mm. do you have that sort of temper where you're like I'm because the driving I've the about car this before but I feel like I behave as though I am in a different body than I am <laughs> yes. and there are things I do where someone's like why would you it's not worth the risk of and like it's not a I have a trouble thinking that way I feel I, like I have a right sort of that righteous like being indignant, you know, yeah. where you're like, I think I have a right to tell this person they can't mug me. Yeah. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Instead of like, you know what? You're pr- just give them your purse. I yell at people driving a little bit, not as much as my husband. My husband will comment like every 15 seconds uh-huh. on why the guy, I don't like when people don't wave. I let you in. You better wave at me. Say I, hello. I have a paranoia where my back window was tinted enough that I worry. I'd like quickly, roll down the window, make sure down the yeah. window quickly, waving wildly you to make wave. sure like I'm acknowledging the appreciation. Wave, but you have to wave yeah. at people. This is, I mean, you got to be nice. Yeah. This, this, uh, you know. I don't know. I, but, but I'm fine. I don't want. And you know, we live in LA. People could turn around and follow you home. So you don't want to do that. Yeah. And the lady, the, again, the, she had a baby and a cigarette. She was more concerned about finishing her cigarette than following <laughs> me home. Um, but sometimes when, yeah, you know, rough. you do, you drive a little faster and you get away from the people you just yelled at. Uh-huh. But I try not to. I now tell me to. about uh, this sort of, when did you figure out that you did, like what were your, what were your experiences that you felt like that there was paranormal stuff going on? Is that something that you carried with you from when you were little? No. Or was it something that came up for you no. in, a, in a real way? I, one, I love photography. I take pictures of everything. I should be shooting you right now because the light is quite beautiful on your face. Thank you very much, Paul Marshall. Um, I started noticing some things in my photographs. I, I'm so excited about where this is going. This some is like things book two of that, the by the way, are, are called spirit orbs. Yeah. You Google that yeah. and you'll see a plethora of pictures of people, these things. It's not flare on the lens. I know what flare on the lens is. Now, of course, you can Photoshop one now. In. Right, right. It's, it's pretty easy. I didn't Photoshop any of these pictures. I have pictures of my daughter with a Swiffer sweeper, it, the best picture. And there was a spirit orb as big as her head next to her. And I originally was about to about to delete the photo because it wasn't a great shot of her because I'm vain even for my child. I'm vain for her. It was like, it's not the prettiest picture of Maya. So, but I was I was like, what is that? And I zoomed in. I was like, holy shit, this is a spirit orb. And then I started finding more spirit orbs. Now, my nanny at the time, she said she always felt a presence in my house. My daughter would always look at a certain doorway when she's, you know, they... they People say kids are animals able. and kids. Animals right? and kids, they can see things like, because there's a lack of reasoning out of it, right? Yeah. So, so she would always look in this doorway, and so my nanny, she, uh, she always thought it was my dad who passed away, kind of watching, protecting, and probably when my kid was five, she stopped feeling. My nanny stopped feeling that presence. One time, she did say that she saw kind of like a an image, like. You don't look at it like I'm seeing you, right. but kind of like in the corner of your eye right. when you think you see something, yeah, uh, uh, like a silhouette of a man with a hat. My dad did like to wear hats, yeah, 
And that's really scary. Like she never really told me this right away. And I remember when she would say one time when I was on set taping the show and she was at home with the kid that she saw this like man in my house. And I think if I saw a man, a man in my house, I never saw it. I never really felt anything except for the fact I saw the pictures. So I have a lot of spirit orbs in my pictures. What do you think this? So when you when you saw that and when you looked Mm -hmm. it up, what is the the orb is just a sort of representational of like the energy of the energy of uh, some of a spirit that yeah. is not has not moved on is still hanging around and before this happened with the photography uh-huh. and with your daughter in your house you yeah. never gave it a second thought no Sometimes and were you was... raised religious no my parents yeah. um are they atheists were... or are they just sort of like we don't really know we were way. kind of catholic mm-hmm. again my brother very religious republican mm-hmm. um, your parents were your parents like we're what? just like, how, how did, did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did what an so Alex P. Keaton? Well, there situation. were I, yeah, exactly. There's 20 years between my brother and myself. Oh wow, same okay. parents. So, and he went to Catholic school, and I went to you know public school, and um, yeah, we just it, you said left, I said right. That's yeah. just and it's to this day yeah. I am still fighting with my brother yeah. Bob. Love him, but don't agree with anything that he has to say. Yeah. Um. Um. But. I never really believed in ghosts. I never, I never really thought about it yeah. until I saw these pictures. And then also my friend, Emily Proctor, actress, she said her apartment, she lived in this um, big high rise on La Cienega. Mm-hmm. She said she had about three or four ghosts in her house that one would hide her keys constantly. Yeah. One time they were in the freezer. One time they were. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, keys God. in the freezer. I wish more stuff happened directly to me because yeah. I want to believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Duchovny shout out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't have a lot of personal experience and no. it's hard because in a weird way, just to draw this parallel, kind of maybe why in the back of my mind I was asking you about the religion thing, mm-hmm. it is like you can't give that experience to someone else. Like no. you kind of, you know what I mean? You can have the openness to want to believe, to want yeah. to have the faith, but unless you have that personal experience, some people have that experience with their God. Some yeah. people have it with, you know, these different things. Like I, whatever experiences I've had that feel in any way similar to that, I haven't been able to just like settle on the idea of it being the energy of a person. Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm always hoping that, but I'm also like, ag- I guess I'm agnostic in the mm-hmm. sense that I want science to end up explaining God, yes. but, but in a, but in a still a mystical way, like I want us to be able to say, we figured it out. It is that the energy of our we souls, are our atoms and blah, blah, blah. And like, we're that's never going to figure it out. That's what's so free. I mean, to me, religion is for, it's scary to think there's nothing out there. Yeah. And there's no reason for this, except that there was just, here we are. Right. Um, so to me, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of anti-religion. To me, I think to go, when anyone, the Grammys, you win an Oscar or a Grammy, don't thank God. God did not do this. When you win the Super Bowl, God doesn't care. Seattle Seahawks, Russell <laughs> Wilson. He doesn't care if you win or not. Right. This is ridiculous. Um so I always feel like when people and this is it, I'm 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 a little jaded. I'm a little narrow minded when it comes to this. I think it's <laughs> kind of a weakness. My husband's just like rolling over. Uh that you have to give blame or credit beyond yourself mm-hmm. is much easier than taking it yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I make things happen. I don't pray to God to give me things or your your kid comes down with cancer. That's not God. Well, that's a slippery slope, right? Yeah. That's that just, if you if that's you just, if you credit this, then you then that's you right. credit this and then that Why would God like, want give your baby right. cancer? That's what my dad's 
Because like that's how I was raised by on that side. Yeah. My dad, like, I don't ever want to believe in a God that would allow any of this to happen. So I'm not going to, no. but I also think that to be devil's advocate yes. here a little bit. Um, I, I do think that there's something about, I guess I'll put it in terms of people who end up getting into a program to beat their addiction, which I'm mm-hmm. not in or anything mm-hmm. like that. But like, you know, this is yes. a city full of very creative, very sensitive people. Very creative. And everyone and has their different way yes. of either looking at it or not looking at it yeah. or both. Yeah. Um, but the I think there's something about the humility of when you, when you, when you understand yourself to be capable of self-loathing or mm-hmm. making decisions that are you know, in defiance of self-love, then maybe there's something that's a relief about <clears throat> wanting to participate in something that feels bigger than you, whether or not right. that's so. And also like, I do feel that, um, I can understand again, it's sort of the same thing as your experience of what, wh- what it's like reading for you. I feel like I've touched the side of making something cool and not really understanding how I came up with it or why it happened Mm -hmm. in a way that's not as like I plugged through this idea until it made sense and it was hard work but it ended with something that I really had to finesse and now Mm -hmm. this is the final product there are also times where something seems to flow so easily that you do sort of feel like to be honest with you I don't know where that came from and I think that that kind of that doesn't have to be um god related but yeah. there can be that's it's it's how different would that be from the idea of a spirit orb like mm-hmm. if there's an energy if there are energies that and, are contributing yeah. to things yes. and for some reason something flows through you mm-hmm. i appreciate the humility of someone being like i gotta be honest with you i don't know how i wrote this song mm-hmm. i feel real lucky that i wrote it mm-hmm. no one else wrote it mm-hmm. but i kind of feel like someone else wrote it mm-hmm. uh that's like a shorthand of saying that now mm-hmm. I don't. I agree with you that that for me would not be. I just want to thank God for all of this. Like yeah. He's the reason. You yeah. know, God the Father is the reason that I'm here on the stage. That does <laughs> it all, for my whole life. It's always sort of like I, I tense up. Yeah. Well, I I, there's. Like, oh, but there's. Right, I mean, right. the only thing that uh, that is hard for me is that so many people, so many people believe in this thing, this thing called the Bible. Like, but who wrote it? Right. Men wrote it. A bunch of men wrote this thing. But don't you think there are a bunch of people who are like, so many people believe in ghosts. So many people believe in ghosts, you guys. Come on. But compared to like, or or Buddhists or the, the, you know, you got Jewish people believing one thing and you got the Christians and the Muslims. They're all believing in something else. And to me, all the wars start because of religion or a chick. So, um, or, or do you the, feel like that's still true or do you feel like money is a huge piece? I mean, um, cause well, I feel like is, so much of why anything we get involved with, it's a conflict yeah, starts to right. feel with very worry, like, the, you money. know, Bush, it was all, it was about the oil. So you're right. So it's, it's, it's religion, oil and chicks. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Money, <laughs> oil. Um, uh, but I mean, ultimately look at what's happening, you know, in the middle East, it's about religion. It's yeah. these people, it, these really brainwashed individuals. It's so sad. I mean, to, to me, again, and I don't have a religion. To me, it's like a big connection between people. It's about being kind to each other, and it's energy of the of of the world and the you know, be nice to people. And yeah. you're nice. I do the silly thing because I do crave Coca Cola, real Coke, not diet. <laughs> I occasionally find myself at McDonald's, and what I do is I go to McDonald's and I order my medium sized Coke for a dollar oh nine, which is a great bargain if you ask me. And what I do. Pretty much every time I go is I buy the car behind me. Yeah. And I, I like say, stuff too. can I pay for the car behind me? And they're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Just because. 
Yeah. Just pay it forward. Yeah. I hate that whole that that sentence. It's like a play date. I don't like saying play date. I say it now because I, I have know, a child. I know. So it's just like being I nice. I agree. I feel exactly the same way about pay, pay, pay it forward cheapened a thing that felt just like that lovely. That was mine. Right? Yeah. It was totally mine. <laughs> pay it forward at McDonald's. But <laughs> but the look on their face when they drive up and they go to pay and then they look and the, yeah. they look and they point and then I go, Sometimes yeah. I will drive away and they never see me. Yeah. Or sometimes I go, wow, that was kind of nice. So like this person's like, someone just bought me a Big Mac. Yeah. Someone just bought me a coffee. And it's just, to me, it's about connecting with people and, you know, karma, baby. I know. I know. That's what I think it is. You I know? know. And I agree with you. Like, and I'm going to get into the smash game, which I didn't warn you you're going to be doing. There's but, a game. Uh, I, game. I agree. <laughs> we know that you like, we know you like having fun. So hopefully yeah. this will be fun. I do. But, um. Like that, just to hmm. tie up the the, con- the the sort of Middle East conflict. We talked a lot like about Hillary, the all Middle over East. The place. I know being we screwed in. from behind. Also, ghosts. Ghosts. Thank God. I'm I'm God. an exciting guest. I just think that you were very exciting right? guest, don't you think? Can't believe you don't do more podcasts. I, but I feel to, very yeah. so. I feel very like now. I feel very possessive. Like and don't do any more because <laughs> you you're my doing, special right. podcast guest. The first uh, and last time. The thing that I that that I struggle with that is like hmm. uh, to your point. It's so steeped in culture and the community of it and you know it's Poor it's people. so it's become so muddled in us versus them in yeah. such a in such a specific way that we're i feel very lucky not to be attached to any one thing yeah. so much that you know but if, how do you, if i feel like i'm being torn apart by it you know? yes but how i just feel so sorry for the people and the ladies and the girls over know, there and, and but how do you grow up with such hatred and and i i, I guess we you know like people give Obama so much grief about, you know, taking responsibility for our, our actions and what makes like my husband would always say, which I think is super cool. If I came home and you were having sex with like, you know, two really hot, sexy guys, I would have to say to myself, what did I do to contribute (laughs) to this? That's the kind of husband I have instead of blaming, but it's true. You, nothing happens in a vacuum. Um, and, and hate doesn't happen out of nothing, but it's, I just, I just feel so sorry for those people over there. Who wants to cut off heads? How does that make you feel good? How do you, I mean, it's so, it's so like, I can't even, if I think about it too much, I get too sad. Yeah. And then I go to McDonald's and I get a Coke mm-hmm. for a dollar nine and I feel better and I buy the car behind me. The question is, do you yes. uh, travel with Kleenex in your car? I should probably ask. Of course. Of moments. Of course. All right. And this, wipes. Uh, smart. Always smart. Okay. Yeah. My mash game. I, hopefully you, you played this at Never. some point in the seventies or eighties because it is uh, circa that, okay. uh, mansion, apartment, shack, house. That is what mash stands for. I'm going to ask you mansion, to answer apartment. questions in three. Okay. You don't have to remember that, but okay. three category. I'll okay. have, I've got these different categories. Okay. You're going to give me three options. Okay. In the end, I'll do like a eeny, meeny, miny, mo situation. And I'll be like, you got this, you got this okay. in this with this. And you got this. And it's is this like a like fictional a, future. Is it a Mad Libs kind of but different? But okay. it's like a lifestyle Mad Libs. Let's okay. start with one. I'll give you, I'll start you with an easy one. Okay. Uh, I'll start you with uh, the Giannavarni special. <laughs> uh, we live in this alternate universe where uh, food or drink that is quite terrible for you mm-hmm. is actually a vitamin mm-hmm. enriched okay. wonderful and you have access to it at the snap of a finger three foods that you uh you can have whenever you want that have no physical ramifications in fact they are good for you do you know what i mean yes okay so i'm going to give you three foods you can give me three um sushi which is kind of is pasta yeah there you go bread and butter 
Ugh, just some like delicious. French bread. Yeah, I know. And butter. And just French delicious, slightly yeah. salty butter. Yeah. Ugh, and you want wait. drinks too? Nope, that was it. Okay, food. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, you could have gone drinks or yeah. food. Uh, okay, second one is three places in the world that you would like to have a vacation home. Uh, Italy. Great. Italy. I can't say Italy twice. You can give me um, specific places in Italy. You can um, be like, oh, the Amalfi Coast versus Venice versus uh, whatever. You don't want to live yeah, in Venice. We both know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 vacation home. I'm, again, I'm not big on vacations, so well, this is yeah, tricky. I hear you. I'm not really. Well, I like a, a Greece, busy, a Greece, busy vacation. Greece, but great. great I've never great. been. I want to go great. Greece, and then maybe just a little place in Napa. Cause great. I'm in. I'm in for all of this. Yeah. Next, uh, next thing is um, you wake up tomorrow morning and mm-hmm. sort of matrix style, you've downloaded <laughs> three skills into your brain that suddenly you're amazing at. Oh, wow. Um, math. Great. For sure. Um, overall communication. Great. And a master of my Mac. Just, I really would love to be smarter. There is a tease to knowing that you have a device that is capable of like a thousand percent more stuff than you know what to do with it. I very much connect to that. I'm like a 0.5% of what I know on the computer. I very much connect to that. Yeah. Okay. Next one is going to be three people from any time in history, whatever, living or dead, uh, that you wish were a person that you could call and say like, what 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 do you think I should do about this? Wow. And they love taking your call, and they're like, they oh, do. Paula, so they're not, I love you. They're not too no, important. No, they're like, my sweet, sweet Paula. Oh, I could talk to you for wow. hours. How can I oh. help you? What can I tell you? Gosh, maybe Lauren Bacall. Oh, wonderful. She used to live right around the corner, you know. Ooh. With, uh, yeah. Uh, Lauren Bacall, because she's so sexy. Um, um, JFK. Great. He's, he's and, and um, Martin Luther King. Biggies. Get, get, get some JFKs and some MLKs. You know. Great. No, go for the biggies. I say I'm go not for that broke. important, though. But if I could. You are in this world, baby. I, okay. You are in this in world. In this, the mashup. Oh, yes. Three movies that you can go into and the world in the movie is real. So oh. it's sort of just like you drop in and you get to just be and live oh, in that place man. and space. And it can be as fantastic or as sci-fi or as whatever as you want. Could okay. cartoon. I don't care. Uh and maybe this has to do with the fact that I love the movie, mm-hmm. uh, Defending Your Life. Oh, God. For sure. Right? right? Forget it. Ugh. The best. It's so, so good. It's definitely in my top five. Although I realized hmm. yesterday and articulated this uh-huh. as such that I have <clears throat> 20 top five movies. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really you're too like, much. That's in my top five. And you're like, but you've just named six movies. And you're like, I know, but they're all in my top five. If, in different categories. You get, yeah, yeah, I guess that's how it would have to break down. Defending your life. I'm in for in, sure. In. Uh, Animal House because great. that's fun. Great. Right. Great. 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 And let's see um, something else that makes me happy. Um, Hang on. I know it's very off the cuff. It's so off the cuff. And I'm thinking like, is it my favorite movie or some like a a vibe that I'd Mm want to go into? mm -hmm. Um, um, Maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Monty Python. um, um, Great. uh, Monty Python. Oh, what's it called? Not what's it called with the life of Brian? No, Hello red, no green. What's your favorite color? Red, no green, blue. Uh, uh, History of Fly. Uh, what am I? The, it's it's the Monty Python one, but not Can't the Holy believe. Grail. Holy Grail. Okay, thank God. Holy Grail. Why not? Great, great. Love it. 
Love it, love it, love it. Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, next one is going to be... Now listen. What? This is just part this of the match game. I want to give all due respect to your husband. I'm not wearing underwear. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I thought you were going there. I'm tape sorry. It. I hope you taped it. Okay. All, all right. due respect to your wonderful husband. husband. Mm-hmm. This is an alternate universe mesh Ryan Gosling, any time okay. of day. Good. Go ahead. Morning, afternoon, there. Ryan Gosling. Need two more? Uh, um... I'm always so interested when someone has the sex the or are we just hanging out with either way either way larry, i mean larry david all right funny yeah. you know what that goes a long way oh no for sure for sure but like what i was gonna mm. say was yeah, right. hanging out is like that just feel, sounds like friendship to me but yes. I, but i understand i, I would that. be making love right, no great. i don't make love i just right. you know i do that other thing uh-huh. um ryan larry david <laughs> and who else um um it's had to be sexual. I'm it doesn't. Not, it's so funny. To. I'm not really. To be. I'm not really attracted to that many like uh-huh. movie star. I'm big. not either. But hang on. Wait a minute. Um. Um. Uh. I'm drawing a blank. Um. Quarterback. This will be for good. the Rams. Oh, I'm the worst. Used to be the Rams. Worst. Oh my God. No Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Kurt right. Warner. But he's too religious. If he wasn't religious in this universe, if he wasn't religious. I would be all over him. He's a staunch atheist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next category is going okay. to be. Um, well, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do three hmm. uh, like sort of places in time that you could check out. You could travel to and be like, you're fly on the wall. You're totally oh. safe. Nothing bad's going to happen to oh. you. You get to just like you know get some questions answered or just like enjoy seeing you know what it was like during Marie Antoinette's time. Whatever. Um, three opportunities to sort of like drop uh, in and check something out for sure the 40s uh i would just i'm over just a big overhaul like mm-hmm. frank sinatra mm-hmm. sammy davis that whole era great i would love that um but i wouldn't want to be pregnant then because well, i couldn't get an abortion to just like because, drop in. yeah drop in um there uh anything much older than that i i i feel like i wouldn't be comfortable mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm deodorant stuff like that um so i would probably say maybe the 70s like 1972 mm-hmm, in new york mm-hmm. just the studio 54 that whole thing yeah you know um david bowie and the whole that oh, would yeah. be really fun and let's see um gosh i'm so picky what maybe the future, the future. Mm, maybe the future it. but the future's scary i know i know but i would say maybe 100 years from now Ooh, i yeah. love it i love that you're taking a little gamble new I york think city really 100 exciting. years from great. now great 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 it could be just nothing there i, know. I mean because i do love those futuristic movies that I are just do. like i'm 12 so monkeys that like whole like ruin like getting to see the ruins of something that was once bustling is right like, gives me the most thrilling Pompeii, man. What happened there? I know, I know. Weird. So crazy. Uh, Amazing. Okay, final category Uh for Paula Marshall. Okay, that's going to (laughs) be... I love that you don't even have... You're just making this shit up. I'm customizing. I mean, but you don't even have anything written down. That's right, that's right. I won't remember any of this. none of it. Uh, Final uh, final category for Uh you is you have... Three, like, businesses, whatever. The great thing about this MASH universe is that you don't... It's not like you're toiling away at them. It's just that, you know how, uh, like, Eva Longoria or whatever, Longoria, I don't even know her name, uh, has a restaurant. It could be like that, but you don't have to... It's not like, oh, my God, we're losing a bunch of money. It's just like, oh, these are successful, doing well. Could be a service, could be a cafe, could be, you know, bookstore, whatever, anything like that. That I would want to, like, be owner of. Yeah. Um, I would want to have a bar named Cheers where everyone goes Amazing. and you feel comfortable. Wonderful. I never knows your name. Um, 
but it's not like the Soho House because that's the modern day Cheers. Right. It's too expensive. Right. And the food's not that great. No. Sorry, Soho House. Um, but uh, the idea, and it's a little too elitist for me too. Yes. I right. Agree with that. Okay. Um, so that I would, I really would love to have, but this is not really that. I would love to, because I love photography, I would want to have just a beautiful big studio. That's great. I, 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 I support that whole It's a photography business. Yeah. And, and I would be like Bill King. Again, back to Bill. I, yeah, I just, great. big white thing and, and I could shoot anytime I want. Well, I think what, one thing I'm going to say about the, the, about you and about the photography thing, mm-hmm. and, and I know this is like <laughs> a, a very psychoanalytical, but <laughs> I think that um, I'm always really appreciative of people who are still into photography because mm-hmm it requires being present Mm -hmm. in a moment where I think we're in kind of a place, even if it means you're posting it to Instagram, right? But like you still have to observe something in a moment that's, that you capture in time. I think it requires, like I was watching people, I ride around the lake lunch and I was watching people taking pictures of like the flowers that are all in bloom. And stuff. Oh yeah. And I was like, I'm so glad people are still into that. Taking pictures. Well, I think, I think it's even, it's even more accessible because now we we're all carrying camera now. Yeah. It's not a great camera, yeah. but it's, we're capturing these moments. And to me, I'm putting together a, a book of my photography and, and it's true. The reason I did, I do it is I'm capturing life and yeah. life is so freaking great. Yeah. And I don't ever want to forget these moments. And when I look back at every picture I've ever taken, I remember the moment I took that picture. Mm. And for some reason that makes me feel really good. And I was obsessed mm-hmm. with my parents, black and white photography from the forties. Mm-hmm. Weird that I want to go it's back to the forties. I also like to swing dance. So that was a big thing. Oh, yeah, and it's so fun. Back oh when I came God, to, I need to be swing dancing. Well, back in the day when I first came to Hollywood, 20 some years ago, would go to the Derby right yeah, down the street and, and it's gone. Yeah. And that was where I used to swing. And it was so cool that there was all these people that knew what to, knew how to dance. Like yeah. I grew, I grew up dancing with my father. So anyway, Way. um but yeah i would i would photography, I would, studio, photography studio and big, what's the final third thing? um i would say maybe paula's on third it would be called Perfect. like jones on third yeah great go. you know you go you get some coffee it's different yeah. than cheers because cheers is a drink oh, very different yeah right it's like this sort of the daytime and nighttime versions yes. of those things in a sense right this is great uh the only thing i need from you now is mm-hmm. just i'm a dual thing and you just tell 34 me when b. to stop what? without knowing <laughs> not mm. wearing underwear but okay. 34 but b. 34 b Paul. uh okay so tell me when to stop um, stop! Great. I don't know what you're doing over like there. A thing you're making now, a I count the rings. Almost. It's very fortune oh, tellery. It's like oh, okay, this is where you stop. Okay, these, these got are it. Out, and then I'll go like one, two, three, four, five, six, and then I'll cross out. So I'm going to pause it. This is a great time for you to pee if you need to. I do not have to. Totally okay if you just chill out while I do this. Won't take very long. I'm going to nap. S- snooze it just, up. I'll wake you up. I'll okay. set an alarm. Thank you. I'll be right back. Okay. Listen, I'm excited to announce some cool things. Here's what happened. What I was happened? so busy doing this calculating, that. but talking to you at the same time. Uh-huh. I don't know what you got. Like, I don't remember, but okay. I'm already seeing a lot of really great stuff here. I think you're going to be very happy with the results. Okay. Number one, you have a vacation home in Napa. I love it. Maybe retiring there. Okay. You, this, it makes sense to me also somehow that, uh, I mean, you didn't get the place in Italy, but I like right. the convenience of Napa, frankly. Right. Yes. Um, because you don't have to, if you're not a big vacation person, it's such a haul to get over there. This is an easy little bop easy. up for the weekend. Exactly. Eat as much pasta as you want. Oh my. Or there. Wow. Limitless. Happy with this. Limitless. Yeah. Um, you, uh, are an outstanding communicator as of tomorrow morning. When oh my gosh. Danny's going to be so happy. Really communicate it. You can feel empathetic. And I'll say this all the time. It. What I hear you saying is <laughs> That's right. what it makes That's me right. feel. That's right. Okay? That's awesome. right. Uh, got any questions about anything you want to get on the horn with somebody who adores you? 
John F. Kennedy. Oh, John. Don't mind if I do. Okay. Well done. Awesome. Um, uh, need a little need a little relief from all this uh, touchy feely communication. Uh-huh. Jump into the world of Animal House and just and just relax have a food have fight. A beer. Yeah. Okay. So congratulations on that. That's fun. Uh, I want to also say I'm very excited for your report back on mm-hmm. uh, visiting New York City a hundred years into the future. It's gonna just be cold. Very, <laughs> very interesting. Global warming. Uh, you know what you need to do while you're there what? is take plenty of pictures, pictures because my baby, you got yourself a photography studio like no awesome. other. You got that. I'm so happy. And the person that you are uh, in this alternate universe spending some sexy times with sexy. none other than Mr. Kurt Warner, <gasps> the non-religious version. What? Warner, that's your match. I love it. We watch football in New York. Yeah, you really did it. I'm very happy. That's great. You really, really, really did it. I think you knocked it out of the park. On I this don't one. need anything else now. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. Um, Paula, Janet. thank you so much for doing the podcast. Uh, I know that you're in the midst of where everybody's kind of in the midst of figuring out what the next job is going to be. But I will say about you, mm-hmm. uh, anybody who's not familiar with with Paula. First of all, here's what's going to happen. If you think <laughs> you don't know, then you will like look her up and you'll go. I totally know who that is and then you'll look at all the amazing stuff she's done that you love and then you'll go and you'll rewatch it um, uh, do yourself a favor give yourself a treat what are a couple of things mm-hmm. that you that you do uh, Garan Mary being an example of the experience mm-hmm. that you loved having what are a couple of things that you are like I'm so fucking happy and lucky that I did that like that I that people um, check out I would say Cupid Cupid okay. was one of the greatest jobs I ever had Jeremy Great. Piven and I Great. we would just ad lib left really and right him. He's, he's I think he's so terrific I've never been quite as good as I was opposite that man. Yeah. Um, uh, Californication was a great experience. It was, yeah, it was you were so great. On just that. fun and light. And Duchovny is such a great leader. Mm-hmm. Not every star of every show mm-hmm. is so talented yeah. and um, uh, willing to share the spotlight. And he was. Yeah. And um, what else? Yeah, those are probably those are my great. top, those are top three. Yeah, Love so those. so revisit or visit those guys. And um, uh, I'm going to leave you with that and say we'll just talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 